If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 103 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 4th of July, 2021. Now, my friends, as always, Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself, and the good people over at Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like yours truly, Yapping Yankees, and much more. Visit the website. I promise you that you'll be glad that you did. That's ball9.com. And follow them on all social medias too, at Ball 9. And no what you don't know. Also, guys, help to spread the word about Yapping Yankees, but also, at the same time, stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you could do all that by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page. That's at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. And you can find me on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And, 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 Remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees, show it some love on all four of the platforms it's available on, and those are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Happy 4th, my friends, and happy 245th birthday to the United States of America, you old decrepit mess. Actually, now that I think about it, compared to a lot of other countries, it's pretty damn young, so forget I said that. (laughs) But in any event, I hope you've been having a happy and safe holiday weekend, and that you have a happy and safe 4th of July itself, when those fireworks start and everything. And don't drink and drive either. Don't be a moron. But otherwise, I hope you're doing well. I'm trying to hang in there. I mean, the Yankees killed me after Wednesday night's loss. I'm still not over that. One of the worst losses I've seen, and in the last 15 years or so, I've seen some doozies out of this team, especially this year. But that loss, like, broke me. (laughs) It just broke me. It really did. I am broken. I am emotionally dead. I kept saying it on Thursday, and I've continued to say it today, that Whatever pain the Yankees inflict on me going forward at this point, they'd just be kicking my corpse. I mean, not to be dramatic, but that's how I feel as a diehard fan that's witnessing this pathetic season. This past week, it was freaking terrible. Again. And that's being really kind. And I'm probably going to rant quite a bit again today, guys. I already am. I won't lie to you. I mean, most of this season's episodes have been full of eruptions. You know what you're going to get out of me. You're going to get a lot of truth-telling, and you're going to get a lot of passion. And if you don't like that, then tune out. But if nothing else, you know you're going to get those two things from me. 
I mean, at the end of last week's episode, which I got great feedback from it, you guys just love when I'm angry, but I felt like I was going to pop a blood vessel. (laughs) I've said all there is to say already. I really have. I really have said all there is to say. And as the genius Yankees say, we could talk about it until we're blue in the face. Well, I have. All right? Yet it never ceases to amaze me that it just keeps getting worse. And it's turning myself and Yankee fans everywhere into mental patients. Because we deserve better. All the money that fans spend in all different kinds of ways, going to games or on merchandise or even watching on television. All the money that the Yankees make from it, mainly because of their ridiculous prices. And hey, it's on the fans because they're willing to spend, but you get what I mean. But nevertheless, this organization is as rich as it gets. I mean, you got the payroll, and with all the expectations coming into it with the roster on paper, I've hit on it all. It's nothing I haven't said before. This season has rendered everyone speechless at one point or another. I've been speechless. But of course, on Yapping Yankees days, I have my thoughts, and I gotta talk. And I want to. When I can finally properly channel my freaking emotions. (laughs) But this last week, like most weeks this season, it was just a damn travesty. Between the ending to yet another humiliating weekend against the Red Sox, the horrible series against the Angels, capped off by one of the worst kinds of losses on Wednesday that I mentioned before, the insignificant yet telling Zoom press conference with Hal Steinbrenner on Thursday, the whole shebang. And you bet your ass we're going to talk about all of it as we run through the week. I will also discuss a trade the Yankees made Thursday and the two bullpen pieces I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the ones who were rehabbing. Well, they've since returned, and I'll mention that later as well. But before all of that, of course, before recapping yet another disgraceful past week, even with the holiday this weekend, I decided to do a social media segment. And as you guys know, I've had a tendency to not do the social media segment on some of the holiday episodes lately, but screw it. I'm going to do it this time. (laughs) I decided I would, and I did. So we're going to do it. And despite how much I love to talk, I'm going to try to keep it shorter than usual, but we're going to do it. Screw it. Also, just a bit of a heads up before I forget, I'm actually recording this in the evening on Saturday. I'm recording this episode. And then I'm going to release it in the evening tomorrow, on Sunday. I usually release each episode Sunday late night, but I'll release it in the evening earlier than usual, depending on how the doubleheader goes. So just letting you know so you could get a proper feel for the timing for when this episode's recording, and in case any news comes out on the 4th that I don't mention here, well, you know why because I'm recording this in the evening on Saturday. So, for the purposes of an example like that, that's why I'm letting you know about this. But otherwise, since I'm recording this after the game here on Saturday against the Mets, we'll still recap that, and all the games earlier in the week too, all the same. Alright, let's get going, my friends. This week, we've got a poll, and that poll question, here at exactly the halfway point in the season, is... After Hal Steinbrenner's presser, along with this awful last week, where does your faith in this team's playoff chances stand? 
And of course, to give your thoughts below for a chance at a shout-out on today's show. And the three choices. I gave you three options to choose from. The first one was that they'll still make it. The second one was that they won't make it. And the third one was that you're not sure yet. Because obviously I know there's still half the season left to play. And it's plenty reasonable to just not know yet. (laughs) It's plenty reasonable. So I gave that choice too as an option. And I'll tell you the winner right now before giving my take on it. And hopefully I can avoid a 20-minute tirade. But the choice that won, and it was by a lot... And this poll got a lot of votes, got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes, so this isn't a small sample size, as they love to say, but (laughs) of all of those votes that came in, 57% of all of those votes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people said that they won't make it to the playoffs. The choice that came in second with 23% of the vote was that they weren't sure yet. And the choice that came in last, very telling, with 19% of the vote, is that they will still make it. So a vast majority of the people polled here said that they won't make the playoffs. Now as far as I'm concerned, listen, I even said in the introduction that a loss like Wednesday's killed me. I am broken. I really am. I am broken inside. This team has shattered me. The expectations coming into this season, compared to what we've gotten so far, can stupefy anyone. The slim hope that I'm clinging to at this point in time is basically the fact of how many more games the Yankees have against the divisional opponents left. And... Even that's tough to be optimistic about because we all know that the Yankees have been atrocious against all divisional opponents except for the Orioles. So that is even tough to cling on to. I'm pretty sure they're at 506-6 against the Blue Jays after they most recently swept them in Buffalo. They have had a rough time against Tampa as they have for the last couple of years now. And of course, they are doing horribly against the Red Sox, like embarrassingly bad. And that makes it tougher than anything because obviously Boston is the arch rival. And they do especially have a lot of games left against Boston. And again, because of how terribly they've done against them, it's awfully tough to be optimistic about that. But at the same time, if the Yankees do win those games, which I don't think they'll win very many of them because... The Red Sox this year, and my God, have I ever been more wrong about a team in my entire life, (laughs) have been just incredible. And they have just (laughs) embarrassed the Yankees, just embarrassed them. So it's tough to even be optimistic with that. But if the Yankees do find a way to win maybe even the vast majority of those games, then that could get them back into it, even if... Today, right after the Yankees and Mets game ended, they're 10 games behind Boston. (laughs) It's a big deficit. It is huge. So the chances aren't good, but honestly, I I think the division's out of reach. I think if the Yankees have any chance whatsoever, it's going to have to be with the wild card, whether it be the first wild card or the second wild card. But even with that, they're like seven, eight games back now. 
It's just not looking good. So when those games do come around, the ones against Boston, for instance, the Yankees have to win those. Because if they continue to lose all of them like they have recently, then, my friends, the Yankees will be officially buried. Even more buried than a lot of us already feel them to be. But that will officially do it. Without winning at least half of those games, the Yankees are done. They're sunk. They've simply been too bad in the first half of the season. They are pathetically 41-40. and 40. The team who was supposed to be the best team in not only the American League, but possibly in all of baseball, is 41-40 and 40 at the halfway point. Ten games out of first place. And still, like seven or eight games out of a wild card spot. Sitting at fourth place in the East. So, I guess my answer lies anywhere in between that they won't make it, or that I'm not sure yet. Because there is a slight part of me, because of how many games they have left against vital opponents, that still believes that maybe they could even catch a wild card spot. Maybe. It could happen. Who the hell knows? But I also have very little reason to believe that considering how they've done against said team so far and because of how damn inconsistent this team has been. The inconsistency, the underperforming, the lack of accountability, the complacency, it just goes on and on, guys. With all of that, the way it's been throughout the first half, and I know how many teams have done this badly or even a little bit worse by the time the halfway point of the season's come around, and they still find a way to make the playoffs. I know that that's happened in the past. But with this team, guys, it's just a bit different. It really is. It has a different feeling to it. It just does. The only remaining hopes, in my opinion, and they are slim, that the Yankees have left are going out there and beating those vital opponents, particularly in all of the games you have left against teams like Boston. And also, you know what, I'll even throw this in, depending on what happens at the deadline, which many people are strongly saying, just blow it up, sell, and it's getting tougher as time goes along to argue with those people. I keep on saying I want to see where they're at come the deadline. I want to see. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But of course, the closer we get here, the worse it's looking. So it's getting tougher to battle that. And this team needs a lot more solutions than just one or maybe even two guys at the deadline. It's not looking good. But nonetheless, because the deadline is still weeks away, I'll still say that that makes it have a little bit of a slim hope and also with the vital games they have left, but the Yankees have to win those, and the confidence is not high because, again, for the third or fourth time that I'm saying it, they've been awful against said teams. And they have really, really given us a lot of reason to not believe that they can pull it off. They really have. And if you don't agree with that, then I don't know what team you're watching. I really, really don't. I really don't understand people who are going after those for being frustrated. How the hell could you not be frustrated if you're a Yankee fan right now? Because guess what, guys? Being frustrated means that you care. And I care about this team, no matter how much I hate them this year. (laughs) But regardless, if I didn't go this nuts over them every single week, when you have a passionate person like myself, then that would mean that I don't care. But I do care. 
And again, if you don't like the way that I express it, whether it be on this show or on social media, then don't follow me on social media and don't listen to this show. I don't know what else to tell you. You have the option. Nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying, follow me on social media or listen to this show. You can do whatever the hell you want. But I and many others are reasonably frustrated over what we have seen. And some might even say dead inside. (laughs) Because that's how I feel this week. Because again, this team has broken me as of Wednesday night. They really have. They have crushed me. And again, I want to emphasize, not because I can't handle seeing bad Yankee teams, it's because of what was expected heading in, as opposed to what we've gotten. Especially after a loss like Wednesday's, which was the worst loss I have seen in a long time. And as I said, because of everything we have seen with gameplay so far this season, there is all the reason in the world to feel that way. And because of that, it's really tough to believe that the Yankees can make it to the playoffs, even if the wild card is still a chance. But on the other hand, which I do acknowledge because I always do, if they somehow, by some cosmic disturbance, find a way to win a vast majority at least of the vital games that they have left on the schedule, and there are a great many of them, especially against Boston, as I've said time and time again, if they find a way to win those games somehow, then there is a chance that they could at least get a wild card. So once more, before I finally get to your replies on this, (laughs) I guess you could say my answer is anywhere in between that they won't make it and that I'm honestly not sure yet. But so far through the first 81, it just simply cannot be denied that this team is just a pathetic embarrassment and that they just straight up suck. Again, particularly compared to what we were supposed to get. And if you don't agree with that assessment of what's taken place so far, then I recommend you snap yourself back into reality because you're just lying to yourself. It's got nothing to do with positivity or negativity. It's just looking at what's happened so far, and acknowledging it. So, alright, enough out of me. Let's hear what you guys had to say. Let's go down to the replies. We'll read a few. Probably not too many, because again, because of the holiday, I do still have a very busy weekend, especially tomorrow on the 4th, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this, because we'll get to recapping the week afterwards, and, you know, then I gotta edit this bad boy up and get it out to you. So... (laughs) Let's start with Rob at Laker477, first up here on Twitter, and those voting results before were, by the way, also Twitter. We're starting off on Twitter as usual, but Rob says, I'm not sure yet. God knows I want them to finally turn that freaking corner that Boone keeps talking about (laughs) and start consistently winning baseball games, but right now, in all honesty, I'm just not convinced that it's going to happen. Listen. Like I said in my explanation, Rob, nobody's going to blame you for feeling that way, given what we've seen so far. People have their feelings about what's going to happen in the future, given what we've seen. And what we've seen doesn't seem to have any sign of change anytime soon. The problems just don't seem to be showing any signs of dying out, and nothing's changing. Nothing. So I don't blame you. Up next, we have at Cool Simmons, and they say, too many holes on the team. No starting pitching outside of Cole. The hitting has been dead since spring training. 
they need to redo parts of this roster. Hal wants to sell tickets, and it looks like he's selling crap to the fans to make that happen. Yeah, the starting pitching has even become a problem because you remember a couple of weeks ago, even when I was talking about it, I was saying at the time that Herman was the most reliable pitcher outside of Cole, and ever since then, I mean, Herman has been terrible. He's been awful. And even Montgomery, Montgomery's inconsistent. Right now, Kluber's out. Tyone, he's still figuring it out and mostly just bad. You have Michael King who's starting. He gives you four innings or so, gives a decent start for him, I guess. And even outside of just seeing what we saw in today's Met game, I just think long relief better suits him. But yeah, even the pitching right now is flawed, and the pitching did a great deal of the carrying early on. Sevy's return was delayed, and we're still not going to be seeing him for a little bit more time because of the groin strain from his rehab starts. The pitching's just compromised. It is, so you're right. Outside of Cole, there's little to nothing. And even he got slammed by the Red Sox last weekend, which we'll go over later. It's just bad. And obviously the hitting, all year long. They've gotten traffic on the bases. And then they have their games where they get like two or three hits the entire game, like today against the Mets. And even when they do get those hits and they do get that traffic, they just can't drive them in. The offense is terrible. They don't hit when they have to in situational moments with runners in scoring position. However you want to put it, they just don't get it done. And outside of the main two that I've been mentioning constantly, Judge and Geo for the most part, this team has laughably underperformed. I've said this all before. This is nothing that you haven't heard a million times already. The underachieving on this team this year has been nothing short of remarkable unlike anything anybody could have predicted in their wildest dreams. And again, that cannot be denied. It just can't, no matter how much you want to. So, yeah, and there are improvements that need to be made to this roster. Problem is, there are so many problems with this team that I don't think the addition of one or two guys can save them. I really don't. And one of the things that Hal said in his Zoom presser is that he really doesn't see the Yankees selling. So, again, like I've said in past weeks, because of what the Yankees have indicated, it really doesn't seem that the Yankees are going to sell. And no matter what, it sounds like they're going to try and buy. So you have to take it from that perspective if they're going to buy. Who do they get and who could possibly save them? People have thrown names all around, names that we've always brought up. Joey Gallo's been one of them. You've had both of the Martes, Cattell Marte and Starling Marte, both of whom I love. But are they even enough to save this team? Is Joey Gallo enough to save this team? I don't think so. There are a lot of other things at work here. Other guys vastly underperforming, pitching being compromised. Just the whole lineup, except for Judge and Geo, really. And I don't see one or maybe even two guys changing that whole dynamic miraculously both behind the scenes and roster-wise, it is not ridiculous to say that this team in a lot of areas could use an overhaul. It really can. So we'll see what they do at the deadline, but we've we've heard them. We've heard their intentions on what they feel is going to happen come then in about a month, give or take. And I don't think any one person is going to get it done. I, I just don't. Some might even argue they could use another pitcher, and I think they can too. But is are one or two people going to be enough? I don't think so. 
Up next is at Macropolitics, and they say, despite entering the season as World Series favorites, there will be no October baseball in the Bronx. Two hard truths. To get to mid-90s wins, the Yankees need to play 650 ball for the entire second half, and two, the Yankees are a 500 team over the last 12 months. Yeah, nothing you mentioned wasn't true. And I even mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, both on my own merit and with somebody else saying it, that the Yankees would have to play a ridiculous brand of baseball, like ridiculously good, after all the crap we've seen, for them to even make it into the low or mid-90s and wins. And how realistic is that, given what we've seen? Even with the deadline still ahead of us, and with a lot of vital games against the Red Sox, for example, to come. It's a valid question. And there is that part of me that isn't 100% sure yet, like I said before, but what are the chances? And can you really blame anybody for feeling negative about this? I feel negative about this. And again, rightfully so. And yeah, over the course of the last 12 months, if you even go back to 2020, yeah, it's not good. Hasn't been good. Because as much as I hate looking back at that shortened mess of a season last year, it can't be denied that they didn't even end that season well. It was really bad towards the end. So yeah, you look back at the last 12 months on a whole, it hasn't been good. Nothing you said was incorrect. Let's keep going. Up next is at MD Nelly, my friend Mike. And Mike says, I'm not sure yet. Pitching gets healthy and bats get more consistent and they can get right back in it. But they can't seem to fix hitting with runners in scoring position. And the pitching healthy is iffy. So they could end up where they are now in fourth place. Yeah, there's a lot of ifs here. There are definitely a lot of ifs. With the pitching getting healthy again, and with bats getting more consistent, because the bats, they, they've been just... <laughs> how many other words can you think of to describe how freaking awful they've been? And they can get back in it again, like I said, if they win those vital games, so I agree with that assessment. But what are the chances, given what we've seen? And even you said... They just can't seem to fix runners in scoring position. And let's not forget that the runners in scoring position hasn't only been a problem this year. This has been a burden of the Yankees for some time now. And they just seem reluctant to change their ways. So, yeah, either or can happen, Mike. You're right. Next, we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, You know me, Mike. I have to be optimistic until the last out is made. I do still have faith in this team Anything can happen. Rebecca, I wouldn't expect anything different. (laughs) I would expect nothing different out of you, so that reply does not shock me. And God bless you for being so optimistic all the time. God bless you. (laughs) Next, we have my friend Spencer at Musician DMD. And Spencer says, I don't feel they'll make it mainly because of the poor fielding, running, and lack of clutch hitting. That said... As a 40-year fan, 22-season ticket holder, I've learned to not contemplate playoffs before September. Example, the 1995 team didn't clinch until the last game of the season. And yes, Spencer, wow. (laughs) There are fireworks going on out there already. Not until tomorrow, guys. Come on. (laughs) Trying to record a podcast here. But anyways, yes, Spencer, you said it. This team is just... 
flawed in so many ways, and and we've said it for so many weeks now. How many times can you repeat it? But I I guess you have to because the season's still going on and it's still happening. But yeah, you said it. The poor defense, the outs on the bases, the slow running, lack of clutch hitting, or how about the double plays? It's just, it's just horrible. And all the things I mentioned before and all the things I've mentioned in weeks past, it doesn't end. It's like an endless list of what's wrong with this team. The endless different ways they find to lose games. But as a longtime fan, you have seen a lot of teams, and I do respect that, especially as a season ticket holder. That's a lot of years to be given that kind of money. But yeah, I mean, one good month can turn it around, especially when you have as many games left against the Red Sox, for instance, like the Yankees do. And that 95 team did do that. And I acknowledged before, I know a lot of teams in the past, they've clinched at the end, and they've had records similar to this one, maybe even a little worse, and they've still clinched a spot. I get that. It's just a different feeling with this team, guys. It really is, and I'm sure you can understand that. I mean, how could you not, based on what we've seen? I mean, how many times can I say it? I'm just drained over it. I really am. I'm tired. All right, let's go to the next reply. We've got, let's see, we got at SirGerm88, and they say, I'll always be a Yankee fan. I'll always support the team. But at this time, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, listen, man, I'm always going to be a Yankee fan too. What do you think this passion is? You think this passion oozes out of me because I don't care? (laughs) Of course I care. I love this team, even when I hate them. But things have got to change. They've got to change in, like, every facet of the organization. But I totally understand you or anybody else saying that you're just not sure yet because, you know, there is still half the season left to play. And like I said, even I'm a little bit in that area. I'm anywhere in between that they won't make it or I'm not sure yet. So I hear you. I do. All right, let's keep going. Let's maybe do a few more and then we'll check on Instagram, see how everybody voted and replied there. Next, we have at DBYankees1, and they say a big fat zero not happening. All right. Again, people saying they're not going to make it and calling them out for all their problems. I can't fight you on that because you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong about the issues that they have, the, the issues that you cite. You're not incorrect. I'm not entirely sure, but listen, I don't blame you if you feel like they're done. I don't blame you. There are a lot of people out there calling those who just don't like what they've seen so far and don't feel confident about the future stupid. I'm not going to call you stupid here because based on what we've seen, you have every right to feel that way and to be frustrated. You do if you pay attention to reality. So you're not going to be judged like that here. You're not. Up next is at Laura underscore Icemont. And Laura says, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure. Part of me is optimistic that they will turn it around and make it, but I'm also slowly losing the sight of a playoff run. Time will tell what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, in a shorter version, that's that's basically exactly how I feel, Laura. (laughs) Pretty much, that's pretty exact. At Medic968 says, I'm not sure yet. It's still too early, and we don't know if they'll make any trades or call up guys. Right now, with how far back they are in the division and the wild card, it doesn't look good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the deadline is, I guess, one of those two little glimpses of hope that I even said before that I'm 
grasping onto when it comes to the Yankees' remaining hopes going forward. And also, who they bring up, because of course, and I've mentioned them on past episodes, the minor leaguers that have been doing so great down in the minors that people have been calling for them to bring up, and I've given them some attention, from Hoy Park to Trey Ambergy to Estevan Florial, their eyes on this kid Anthony Volpe now, and he's much lower level, they're not going to call him up, I'm just saying their eyes have been on him lately because he's been doing a fantastic job down in the minors. But anyways, when it comes to guys being called up and given opportunities, the main two names are Hoy Park and Trey Ambergy, and Florial too. So you do have the kids too. So the kids in the deadline, who knows? Yeah, there are factors here that leave the second half of the season a bit of TBD, to be determined, you're right, but it certainly isn't looking good right now, and nobody can deny that. Nobody. Next, let's go to at Tenacious5, and they say, this is not a playoff team right now. Our pitching has gone south since the spider tax stuff was called out. Our hitting has gotten a bit better since then, but so has everyone else's. We dug a big hole and need several teams ahead of us to struggle. Yeah, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. I think it's safe to say that the spider tax stuff started out just as disastrously as we all knew it would. And yeah, offense everywhere has gone up a bit since then. But I mean, the Yankee bats, like I said, they haven't some days had so much trouble getting traffic on the bases. It's been driving them in the same problem over and over again. And I feel like a broken record citing all the problems the Yankees have. We've spoken about all of them, but it bears repeating because it keeps on happening. The issues with situational hitting and hitting with runners in scoring position, they just don't seem to want to stop. And a lot of that has still continued, even with the crackdown on the pitching substances. So, and about digging the big hole, yeah. Listen, they are far back in the division right now. Before any other games finish up here on this Saturday... They're 10 games back of the Sox in first, and they're even about 7 or 8 back in a freaking wild card spot, so it's not good. It's not good at all. They have a lot of work to do. They've got to win those vital games coming up on the schedule, especially against teams like Boston, and if they're going to go on that stretch anytime soon where they win a lot more games than they lose for a certain window of time, it's got to happen soon. It's got to happen soon. Next up is at Brian underscore TGP, and he says, I think they'll make a couple of moves, but they'll stay under the threshold, and it won't be enough. Yeah, I mean, Hal and his presser said that there's a chance, if it's warranted, that they will go over the threshold, but I just find that hard to believe, because for being the owner of one of the richest franchises on the entire planet, and to manage the money the way he does, I just... And for all the money and the resources that they have overall, for him and the front office to look at this team be as bad as they are and not even show the least bit of concern and not place blame where it belongs, which is on everyone, I just think he's as blind and spineless as they come. And all the negative aspects of this team, it trickles down. Like I've said past weeks, it's everyone's fault. You could put the blame on as many people as you want from top to bottom. There is no shortage of people to blame for what we've seen this year so far. No shortage whatsoever. And Hal is included in that. So, yeah, we'll have to see what they do with those couple of moves if they even do make them. Next, we have at Savage Empire Pod. And they say, not sure yet. Words obviously don't mean anything. They've had players meetings and are still inconsistent. It's up to them. Yeah, 100%. 
Aaron Judge called a team meeting, and what do they do to start the series against the Mets? Less than nothing. And people have addressed the media. I mean, Boone addresses them every day and gives the same usual shtick. You've had Cashman address the media. You've had Hal address the media. The same old crap. And what does it say? Exactly what I said before. You can say all of the rhetoric that you want, as many times as you want, until you're as red as a tomato. But actions speak louder than words. And if the job isn't done, then people won't give a single crap about your words. And you can't blame them. That's just the way it is, to be blunt. Next we have at Pinstripes2821, and they say, For the first time in my four decades of fandom, I have to say I'm just not sure yet. I'll get back to you. (laughs) Alright, fair enough. And that's why I put that third choice, I know, because of the time of the season, that, you know, there would be a lot of people saying they just don't know yet, and that's a fair enough answer, so I put it there because of that. So, get back to me. Up next is at Diamond Dad, and they say he should have kept pressure on Cashman, Boone, and his coaches, getting too comfortable throughout the organization. And yeah, by him, I I assume you mean Hal, since I mentioned after his presser when I gave out the poll question, so yeah. But I agree. I agree. Like I said before, this is a complacent organization that doesn't place blame where it needs to be, or maybe not in every area where it needs to be. Because Hal did a whole lot of blaming on the players, and just a lot of talking, and there's a lot of blame being placed in certain places, but everyone from top to bottom is to blame. Hal didn't seem to take any blame for it. He gave no blame to anybody under him outside of the players, which just isn't right, because that's what makes up an organization. Everyone. General manager who constructs the team, the owner who tells the general manager how much they can spend to construct said team, the manager, even if in the Yankees' case doesn't have too much input, they do have a role there, and there are other teams that reinforce that statement, like the Red Sox with Cora, and regardless of what Cora's done in the past, you know I'm not a fan of the guy to say the least, but the facts are the facts. They're right in front of you. (laughs) So, you could say what you want, but... You know, the manager still has a certain role in baseball. They are important to a degree. They are. And then, of course, you have the coaches. They, I'm sure they work hard, but something's not being done right. And, of course, you have the players who are just going out there and underachieving to no end, looking like a bunch of pretenders still. So everyone is to blame. And, yeah, just the blame isn't being placed in the right areas or in all of the areas that it needs to be. And all of those areas is literally everywhere, from top to bottom. So I agree with you. And I think there will be changes in that sense after the season's over, because especially if they fail to even make the playoffs, which again, like I've said in past weeks, I'm like a broken record, is unforgivable, given what they were expected to do coming into this season. It's just unforgivable. You can't get past that without making at least one change throughout the organization at some capacity. So... Yeah, I agree, and I don't really know how anybody else could disagree, because Hal Steinbrenner and many others just don't seem to want to face reality and look at things the way they are. And guess what? That's what I'm here for. (laughs) I'll tell you how they are, all right? (laughs) All right, let's do maybe two more here. We've got at Jennifer NYC up next, and she says, I don't think they will make it either. I used to say before 2017 that the Yankees always played better after the All-Star break, 
but I just do not have the same feeling for this team this year. Yeah, Jennifer, like I said before, it's tough to blame much of anybody for feeling that way given what we've seen so far. It is, and you're not going to get judgment from me. You're not. So I get it. And we'll see what they do in the second half. I mean, hopefully they shut everybody up, but it's hard to imagine given what they've done or not done, I guess you could say. All right, one more, one more. Let's scroll here. Who are we going to finish off with? Let's see. Let's finish off with the Ant Mike 71. And they say his Zoom press conference is very telling about what he thinks about this team. So, no, this team will not make the playoffs this year and not even as the second wild card. <sighs> Again, it's tough for me to argue. It really is. And like I've said, it would be a travesty if that happened, if they didn't even make the playoffs. We've established that very well already. And like I said, because of the remaining games against Boston and other vital opponents in the division or otherwise, and because the deadline hasn't hit yet, there's the slightest part of me who just says, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, we'll, we'll see. But I, I just can't argue with comments like this. I just can't. Because skepticism like this is warranted. The Yankees have earned that. They have. And I would hope somebody in that organization, that complacent organization, is aware of that. Because again, I tell it like it is on Yapping Yankees. I always will. And I give a voice to the people in the social media segments nearly every week. So this is a podcast for the people by the people, if you will. (laughs) It's always been that way. It may be just me hosting for the last 103 episodes, but I also give a voice to the people. I recap and discuss anything and everything that takes place in the Yankee universe, and this is the place to go if you want to hear some truth-telling or if you want your voice heard. It is. I might not take calls, but I guess you could say that the social media replies every week, or almost every week, are my phone calls. (laughs) All right, so that is it for Twitter in any event, and I do want to thank each and every one of you who voted, replied, or otherwise whatever on Twitter. (laughs) And if you want to see the replies that I did get to or didn't get to especially, then you know the deal. Just go to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero is the handle. Just scroll down, find the poll tweet, and in the comments are all the replies. And if I didn't get to you, then you know the drill, guys. Just keep on trying every week. I promise eventually I'll get to you. I just, I can't get to all of them because a lot of you interact. A ton of people vote like they did this week, whenever there is a poll at least. Otherwise, a lot of people ask questions in Q&As and they write out replies and open-ended questions. But because of all the interactions, I just can't get to everybody. But it doesn't mean I'm any less appreciative of all the interacting that goes on on the social media segments. So thank you so, so much. But before we end and move on to... What has turned into my least favorite segment of the show, thanks to the Yankees this year, the weekly recap. (laughs) Let us go to Instagram to hear how you guys voted, replied to the very same question, and so on. Same question, of course, applies after Hal Steinbrenner's presser, along with this awful last week. Where does your faith in this team's playoff chances stand? And you guys know, with polls on Instagram stories. You can only have two choices, and I had three on Twitter, so I had to eliminate the I'm not sure yet choice. So the two choices on my Insta story with the poll were they will make it or they won't make it. And like on Twitter, 
I'm telling you, this, these aren't small sample sizes. It's just the way people feel. And there's evidence because both social media platforms feel this way. The choice of they won't make it was victorious here on Instagram as well, earning 61% of the vote. And the remaining 39 said they will make it. So the people and their confidence, or lack thereof, I guess, are speaking. They're speaking. All right, we'll do maybe, I don't know, like three on here, three or four. First up, we'll do official 52011, and they say, I don't think they will make it because of games like Wednesday night. Uh, Yeah, that's totally fair, man. I mean, I've been going on and on about how that game killed me. (laughs) And it did. It did. And the Yankees have been so damn inconsistent and losing so many games that they just shouldn't have lost. Like Wednesdays, you're right. And you are absolutely correct in saying that if that continues, they're not going to go anywhere. You're right. I can't argue with that. There have been a lot of really, really bad losses this year. And they've happened too many times. Too many. And the team just can't afford for that to continue going forward. They just can't. Next is the Dark Knight 025, my good friend James. And James says, they won't. They haven't given me a reason to believe that they could make it. Everyone should be held accountable for this trash product. Yeah, James, they should be. They should be. Like I said, the blame just doesn't seem to be placed in the right areas or not in enough areas. And enough areas, again, like I said, is top to bottom. It is, and everyone should be held accountable. Problem is, this organization just seems to be completely unable to do that. To hold everybody accountable, whether it be themselves or others. It's not good. It just isn't. And and again, I can't argue with people like that saying, given what I've seen so far, I just can't believe it. Because it's been ugly. It has been ugly. They haven't just been losing. They've been losing in the most humiliating of fashion. And frequently too. Very frequently. Alright, let's finish off with the final two as per usual. My girlfriend Victoria and my mom. Let's do Victoria first at Vic Salimo. Vic says, unacceptable. We are supposed to be an elite team, and the way we're playing, we've played no better than a little league softball team. They don't deserve to go to the playoffs as of now. I'd be shocked if they make it. Damn. (laughs) You're just roasting them. Listen, I don't blame you. I don't. Like, I don't blame the others. You know, so far, the way they've played right now, they don't deserve to make it. They don't. I hope they turn it around a lot. They're going to have to turn it around an awful lot in the second half, but I, like you, would be pretty shocked. I would be. Other teams have done it, but like I said, this just has a different feel to it. It really does. Let's finish up with my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and then we'll move on to recap. My mom says... I'm not sure what his presser was, nor do I care at this point. I didn't watch it. If they continue to play the crappy baseball that they have, there is no way they're making the playoffs. And I'm being kind when I use the word crappy. I even started watching soccer now. (laughs) Because I can't stand what the Steinbrenners and Cashman have done to this team. It's been a horribly difficult season so far to watch. And speaking of destroying things, Manfred, you too have destroyed this sport. To send a loud and clear message, 
Fans should stop spending their hard-earned money and stop attending games. I hope someone wakes up soon. Well, that's an intense reply, Mom, and it's hard to argue with anything there, especially with men for destroying the sport and Steinbrenner and Cashman having to be held accountable. Because they do. Everybody needs to be. Everyone. It's been a horrible season. It really has been, especially given the expectations. That makes it even worse. And if they keep playing this brand of baseball, you're absolutely right. They won't sniff the playoffs. They won't. They're going to have to do some massive turning around or else they're not going to sniff crap. And not caring what the presser was, I don't blame you there either. Because that presser, like so many of the others, I mean, if you're not expecting it to just be the same usual shtick no matter who it is in the front office or whether it be Boone or whoever... I mean, if you're not expecting the same old usual crap that we get in every single presser, I mean, do you even know this team by now? Do you even know them well? I just feel bad that you've started watching soccer. <laughs> I don't know how many of you know this, but I, I know that soccer is like the most popular sport in the world, but I hate it. I hate soccer, which is very weird because I'm very Italian. <laughs> so it is weird for me, but I can't stand it. So mom, I feel bad for you, <laughs> but... Yeah, listen, and about not spending money at the stadium, listen, I would endorse that if it sends a clear message, but who knows if it even will? Who knows how much that they would even care if the attendance really significantly drops? Because the Yankees are still filthy rich, and they get money from so many other avenues, they really do. Especially from watching on television, the TV deal money, I wouldn't be surprised if they get more money from that than they do attendance and concessions and all that crap. So... Honestly, while I do understand what you're saying there, and even I've said that on Twitter before, so I'm not going to pretend like I don't support that sort of sentiment, because I don't think that the Yankees deserve people's money with the product they're putting out there. I'm not telling people what they should do with their money. You can't tell anybody what to do with their money. But do they deserve to be spending their hard-earned money on that? No, they don't deserve to, because the Yankees don't deserve the money. I'm not going to pretend like I disagree with that. But of course, as they're continued to be watched and all that, on television and cable and all that stuff, they're not really going to suffer. They're just not. That's the harsh truth. And I won't stop watching them because, well, I can't tear myself away, one. And two, I have a podcast to do. <laughs> so that's that. But, Mom, your reply is, you know, it's, it's understandable. It really is. I completely get you. But thank you for your reply, Mom, and thank the rest of you on Twitter and Instagram, everybody who voted, everybody who replied. I love you all, and don't you forget it. <laughs> all right. It's that time now, isn't it? Let's recap. Time machine, hit it. Screw the Yankees for making this such a miserable segment this year, man. <laughs> I am not having a good time out here. I just am not. <laughs> Let's recap. Back to last Sunday. Not as much to recap this week thanks to the rainouts on Thursday and Friday, but we do still have just a bit of Sunday to recap. We've got Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then today. Or I guess if you're listening to this on Sunday or later in the week, Saturday, and all the great stuff that happened on those days off the field as well. Can't freaking wait. (laughs) 
All right, last Sunday. When it comes to last Sunday, there's, well, not much to say here, because if you remember last week, I'm not really sure how you could forget, but I blew a gasket after the first inning three-run blast by Devers, and that already made it four to nothing. And again, even I'll admit that my explosion after that was pretty unforgettable, so I don't know how you could forget that from last week. (laughs) But if you also remember... I had said that that was the end of the game. I really just felt that way, and it was. Because when you know your team, you know your team. And I know the Yankees, guys. I know them. Garrett Cole, who started the game, if you remember, in all, he would end up going five innings, giving up eight hits, six runs, five earned because of a Glaber throwing error, two walks, and six strikeouts. Worst outing we've seen from him so far, easily. And offensively, with the exception of an Aaron Judge two-run homer in the sixth, down 6 nothing for what feels like the 80,000th time, nothingness. Someone with a 40 IQ who never watched baseball before knew that this game was over in the first inning. And just for good measure, because why not, the Sox tacked on three more later and won 9-2. To cap off the utter embarrassment That was last weekend. Another shameful weekend against the Red Sox. And I don't think we need to discuss it any further. I think I said everything I had to last week when I lost my mind. (laughs) Monday, the Yanks returned home for what was expected to be a four-game set against the Angels. The rain, of course, would not make it so, but it was supposed to be a four-game set. And Monday they would pick up right where they left off in Boston. Absolutely pathetic. Michael King started the game and gave up a two-run blast to Otani right away, and that home run already set the tone, like so many other games that had started in a nearly identical way. King would go four and a third, allowing six hits, three runs, two earned because of DJ just looking like he forgot how to field on Monday night. So the return of awful defense took place. Oh, but Geo claims that they're going to make mistakes because they're human. That ain't the answer, Geo. That ain't it, my guy. A few mistakes here and there? Well, that's one thing. What you guys have done all together? Not even in the same galaxy. What was that about Boone saying these guys aren't accepting of losing? Pathetic. And listen, this is nothing personal towards Gio. Don't misunderstand me. He's the most defensively sound player on this team. And you can't blame him for the errors of others. And I admire him not throwing his teammates under the bus, honestly. But that doesn't mean the answer still isn't a poor one. Or that it's not just a reflection of the passively accepting mindset of this team. And for that, I blame everybody above the players. That right there is the lack of leadership coming into play from all of those above the players. I've said it over and over again. Everyone is to blame for the embarrassment that we have witnessed. Everyone from top to bottom. There's no one singular person to blame. But that was just a really annoying answer by Gio nonetheless. Any freaking way, King also had (laughs) two walks and four strikeouts. Licky gave up a run after that in an inning and a third, and so would Green in two and a third innings, partially thanks to a horrendous throw home by DJ. So again, more poor defense by him. 
So the Angels got five runs, and the Yankees only scored three. On a Gary RBI ground out, a Geo solo shot, and then a Stanton solo shot later. Still the kings of the solo shots. Completely lifeless, pathetic, and embarrassing yet again. Dylan Bundy hurling his guts up in the second inning. That was really poetic in a lot of ways. <laughs> but in all seriousness... I do hope he's doing better. Heat exhaustion and dehydration is no joke. But anyways, yeah, utterly shameful loss yet again. 5-3 to three loss. And after the game, they optioned Krisky back to AAA. Thank Christ. The guys never had a good outing up here. Gave up another couple of runs against the Sox on Sunday too. And hopefully we don't have to see him again. But fortunately, and we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that he was finally rehabbing, after hearing nothing about him for months... Darren O'Day has returned, and he replaced Krisky's roster spot. So a welcome back is in order for Darren O'Day. Big guy to have back. You guys know I'm a big fan of his. You know what else I'm a big fan of? When the Yankees actually hit the damn baseball. And that is finally what happened on Tuesday night. Basically the only bright spot of the week, but it was a very nice change of pace. For starters, pun intended, Tyone started the game... Just going to get this out of the way. <laughs> but despite all the runs he was given, Tyone just stunk. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick a night to be bad, you want it to be on a night like this when the offense just goes off. But still, he was just lousy overall. Went five and a third, gave up five runs on a two-run homer to Jose Iglesias, and a solo shot, and then a two-run homer to Otani, who's just incredible. He's just a truly unique and remarkable talent, unlike much of anything we've seen in our lifetimes as baseball fans. But anyways, five runs for Tyone on nine hits, one walk, and just four strikeouts. It's just a terrible start, especially with the offense massively having his back the way that they did. And have his back, they did. They got started right away. Gary solo shot in the first... Then in the second, Guardy sack fly, DJ, RBI single. Right after that, Judge, two-run bomb to straightaway center. Bottom of the fourth, and this was really the inning that they really piled it on. Five-run inning. And Duhar, solo shot, Gary, RBI double, Voight, RBI double. Even Glaber, who came into the day at a disgraceful four for his last 50, two-run single. I couldn't believe my eyes. It felt like he would never get a damn hit ever again. <laughs> that made it 10-5. to And then in the sixth, the Yankees would add on one more on an Andujar RBI double to make it 11-5. to And the bullpen would easily lock it down after that, obviously. Cortez, another great outing. Inning and two-thirds scoreless. And then Albert Abreu after that. Two innings scoreless to wrap it all up. Yanks scored the most runs they've ever scored this year so far in a game, and won 11-5. And after the win, Abreu was sent back down to AAA so that Justin Wilson <laughs> could be reactivated as well. And as we all know now, going into Sunday, nothing's changed. He basically still sucks. You know what else sucked, though? More than almost any of the tons of disgraceful losses the Yanks have already had this year? Wednesday's game. All thanks to Aroldis Chapman. And now that I remember, actually, 
everyone, including myself, was already angry before the game even started because of the lineup, which worked out nicely at the start thanks to Otani having absolutely zero control or command, but nonetheless, I did a ton of bitching about it, as did basically everyone else, because it was a valid complaint. And you guys know I'm more than willing to admit when I'm wrong. I really am. And I'm glad when I am about stuff like this. This game wasn't on the offense. And everything did go well against Otani, which was what I was afraid of not happening. But anyways, the valid complaint was, with Otani on the mound, and the Yanks standing at three lousy games over 500 going into the game, sitting in fourth place, with the season on the line, said Aaron Boone, And with rain in the forecast all day Thursday, the next day, which of course we know would rain out Thursday's game, they sat the team's best two hitters in Judge especially and Gio Urshela because they just needed the day off, right? They needed a day. And even without all of that, you're going to take away the opportunity for fans to see someone like Judge face off against someone like Otani? I mean, you're just creating even less of a draw viewership-wise, but whatever. As I said before, it ended up working out at the beginning, thankfully, since Otani had literally nothing working. And thankfully, the offense was able to take advantage, be patient, and jump all over him because of that. Seven runs right away in the first inning. Hasn't happened in ages for the Yankees. The first inning's been awful for them this year. Awful. (laughs) but not on Wednesday night. And I was asking myself, what in the blue hell am I watching? (laughs) And Otani didn't even make it out of the first inning. Only got two outs. Gave up seven runs and four walks. Brutal. When I say the guy literally had nothing working, I mean he had nothing working. (laughs) And those seven runs were on a Stanton RBI single, a Glaber RBI single, I know, again, unreal. (laughs) An Andujar RBI ground out, a Gardner walk with the bases loaded, and then after that, Otani was finally taken out, but the three runners on base were his responsibility, and they all came home on a bases-clearing double by DJ. Hence the seven runs against Shohei. Wild first inning. Wild. Herman started... Gave up a two-run shot right away in the first. The guy just can't stop giving up home runs. And he even made a throwing error, so another error since he had another one in Boston, too. And he still allowed three runs, three walks, and only got two strikeouts in just three innings due to the first rain delay because there were two rain delays on Wednesday. So, another pretty bad start for Herman as he continues to just be terrible. Even despite run support after his home run he gave up. So the pen had to eat six innings after that. Justin Wilson would pitch a scoreless fourth. Feels like one of the only ones he's done all year. Sessa would pitch the fifth and allow a run, followed by another, like, hour and a half rain delay. (laughs) That was the second delay in the fifth inning. (laughs) What a mess. And now, looking back on it, we all wish that they would have just called the game then, of course, given what happened later. But anyways, it was 7-4 at that point. And then when the game started back up, Darren O'Day pitched a perfect 6th, Loisica perfect 7th and 8th innings, Gardy hit a solo shot in the 8th to make it 8-4, feeling good heading into the ninth. 
And Chapman. Aroldis Chapman. First two and a half months, as we've said, you couldn't dream of touching him. But his last few outings, nothing but trouble. Nothing. But none worse than this. Up 8-4 to four in the ninth. At 1 o'clock in the godforsaken morning, Chapman, who finished the month of June with an ERA over 11, gave up a game-tying grand slam. I'm just trying to go to sleep with a damn smile on my face. And this man, at 1 o'clock in the morning, gives up a game-tying grand slam. First Grand Slam given up in his career. Then Litke comes in, gives up three runs of his own to total seven runs for the Angels in the ninth. And as you can probably imagine, I have seldom in my life truly been at a complete and utter loss for words. But I was here. I was. I had never felt more embarrassment as a Yankee fan in my life. I didn't think such embarrassment as a Yankee fan was possible. I couldn't even process what had happened with that lead in the top of the ninth at one o'clock in the morning. This was more than a heart-shattering or back-breaking loss. This was just truly surreal. A laugher. A joke. At every capacity. No words. And that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. The Yanks lost 11-8 in the most disgraceful of fashion. Worst loss of the year. And that's saying a lot. This team, this year, will always continue to find different ways to lose. Because that's what bad teams who can't get out of their own way do. This one, again, was really the one that drove the knife into my heart and killed me. This one broke me. I even had an absolute meltdown on Twitter, as did everyone else. Nothing I haven't said before, I'm sure you saw it. I even lost some followers, which is fine. Like I always say, if you can't handle my justified frustration, passion, and truth-telling after losses like this, then like I've said on this show today and on many shows in the past, and like I said on Twitter Thursday morning, show yourself the hell out and don't come back. Do me the favor and do yourself the favor. Like I always say, I may be wrong about some things, as is any human being, But if you can't handle me being my passionate self and simply acknowledging reality and telling the truth and being emotional while doing that after a painful loss like this, about this team being a laughingstock in every which way, then don't tune into this show and don't follow my ass on social media. Simple. Get out and don't come back. So, as you can probably imagine, also like everyone else, I was just emotionally drained 
come Thursday. And on Thursday, just as we all knew it would be, the game was rained out. And it'll be made up on Monday, August 16th. So no suffering on Thursday, and thank God that Judge and Geo got that day off on Wednesday, right? Thank God. Hal Steinbrenner also had a Zoom presser that we all knew would contain nothing but a bunch of crap. And that's exactly what happened. Listening to him go on and on about how he thinks Boone and Cashman and the coaches and everyone in the organization shouldn't be held accountable and that everything's okay and they're confident and everything's on the players and how he might go over the luxury tax at the deadline if it's necessary. It's just the same old tired shtick every single time. We all knew it was coming. And as I said on Twitter after Wednesday's loss, three things are going to happen. First, the game on Thursday will get postponed. Hal Steinbrenner will then spew a bunch of the same old horse crap about how much he believes in his front office, further confirming what we already know, that this organization is complacent and that they're running out of ways to refute the fact that they could not care less about winning. And then they'd get body slammed by the Mets over the holiday weekend. And right away, phases one and two were completed, and after today's first game against the Mets, phase three is well on the way. And all of this was immediately followed by your typical low-scale move, with the Yankees trading their double-A prospect Keegan Curtis for Diamondbacks outfielder Tim LeCastro, who makes league minimum, since that's the most important part for the Yankees, of course. He provides little offensively, especially this year. He's having an awful offensive season, but he does have his pros. He at least plays good defense in the outfield, and he's insanely fast, which the Yankees do need both of, of course. There's no doubt about that. The defense is lousy overall, as we know, and they're a beyond slow team. But nevertheless, this... Better not be the only thing they do if they plan on buying like crazy or so Hal Steinbrenner seems to be hinting that they will. I don't think it will be the only move, but if it is, then overall, it's another typical non-difference-making low-scale move, if you ask me. Perfectly following Hal's nonsense. And at the time, the timing couldn't have been more perfect or more (laughs) Yankee-like. But, 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 We are seeing LeCastro at some point because he did take Clint's spot on the roster since Clint is going on the injured list with vertigo. He was feeling dizzy apparently the other day, so we'll see what happens there and, you know, regardless, of course, how terribly Clint has been doing when it comes to injuries, especially with things with the head, of course, it goes without saying You hate to see that happen to anybody, at least I do. I mean, I hope you would too, it's just part of being a decent human being. But regardless, I have my personal feelings on Clint, all of which I have expressed on this show time and time again, and on Twitter too. But I don't want to see anybody feel dizziness or have anything going on with their head or getting hurt or anything. And we know of all of his concussion problems in the past and all of the head issues he's had, and hopefully this isn't lingering from those prior issues with his head, and regardless of whether or not it is, I hope they get that squared away as soon as possible. So we'll see what happens with Clint, but in the meantime, with him going on the injured list, at some point we'll be getting looks at LeCastro. 
Friday was supposed to be the start of the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium, obviously. Yanks and Mets came in with the same amount of wins at 41. Yanks had three more losses, though, so the loss column was three games different. And it would stay that way because it got rained out. And it's set to be part of a split doubleheader on the 4th, as we know, when you're probably listening to this, if not later in the week. So the Yanks' second consecutive rainout. Still yet to play since Wednesday's horrid loss, but that would obviously change here on Saturday. They managed to get the game in through the misty rain and all. (laughs) Two teams who have remarkable trouble driving in runs. And until the fifth inning, that was the case. But then even the Mets, amongst the worst offensive teams in the sport, started coming through. While the Yankees were being no hit at the time. Scored three in the fifth against Montgomery and Litke. Five more in the sixth off Justin Wilson, who continues to suck. Why he had time in a 3 to nothing game is beyond me. 8 to nothing at that point. And honestly, I have no use in recapping much more because the Yankees just picked up right where they left off after Wednesday's murderous loss, getting spanked by little brother as they lost today's game 8-3. to The only things they did were a solo shot by Judge down 8 and a two-run single by Gio. Who the hell cares? I literally predicted this on Twitter the other day. As I said before, that this would be an ugly series. And this is just the beginning going into Sunday. And I see very little changing in the doubleheader. So, you've got that doubleheader. Speaking of what's ahead, split doubleheader. Fourth of July doubleheader. Seven innings as per freaking usual. First game at 2.05 Eastern. And the second game is still at 7.08 Eastern as of now. Monday's an off day. Tuesday, they hit the West Coast against the Mariners. Three-game Tuesday to Thursday set. Tuesday and Wednesday's games will both be at 10.10 Eastern. And Thursday will be at 4.10 Eastern. And then over the weekend, next weekend, they head to Houston (laughs) to play the Astros (laughs) in the final series before the All-Star break. That one will probably be another embarrassment. Friday's game will be at 8.10 Eastern, Saturday at 7.15 Eastern, and Sunday, when we talk again, will be at 2.10 Eastern. And now that recapping this week is done, again, guys, I leave you with this. Wednesday specifically, but this past week overall has broken me. I'm broken. This team, not to be dramatic, but (laughs) this team has drained me of all life this season. I'm drained. Like I said in the beginning, that there would probably be some yelling, but overall there's just going to be a tone where it's just obvious that I'm drained. I'm drained. One game over 500 going into the 4th of July. One game. Before any of the other games finish today here on Saturday, 10 games out of first, 6 games out of a second wild card spot. And through it all, team meetings, all the nonsensical rhetoric from Boone to Cashman to Hal, it's all crap. 
complacency, lack of urgency, no accountability, the list goes on. All the answers you need to know what this team is, despite all the rhetoric by the front office, are right out there on the field. All you got to do is have a set of eyeballs. And after all the talking I've done this season so far about the problems, and after all the talking I've done today too, reiterating a lot of those problems, as Forrest Gump says, I've been quoting him a lot lately, but that's all I have to say about that at this point. So as for now, guys, that is all for episode 103 of Yapping Yankees Today. Please remember to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. And find me on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Also, guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. And while you're at it, if you got the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 103 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3,000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, July 11th, when I come at you with episode 104 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, Try not to let the Yankees ruin your life as much as I let them ruin mine. Let's all work on it together. (laughs) And have yourselves a happy and safe 4th of July. Enjoy your week, my friends, and take care. (laughs) 